Hello and welcome back to the Pitchside podcast. Coming up this week, Americans try to flex their financial muscles and is the return of the Premier League. Also making his return is the footballing expert, Mr. Toby Green. How are you? I've been, well, I've been ill, but right now I'm good. It's good to be back on the podcast. How have you been, mate? Yeah, I've been very well. Yeah, it's been a lot of football and a lot of news, actually, this week, um, just before it all dies down for this international break. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I've been well, um, enjoying the football. Should we get started with the news for this week? Let's jump into it. Let's go. So let's start with Chelsea and their American owners. So this week, it has been announced that Chelsea have tried to buy Brazilian club Santos, which is famous for producing players like Neymar and Pele. What do you think of this? Well, in terms of Santos, they're one of the most historic clubs in Brazil. Actually, in fact, most of, one of the most historic clubs in South America as a continent. Not really famous in recent times for uh, domestic success, but you know the academy of producing players is quite well renowned. I feel like Chelsea want to go in the way of uh, like Man City have and uh, Leipzig, not just Leipzig actually. Red Bull as a brand have gone um, picking up feeder teams around the world. Uh, it has been very su- successful uh, for Red Bull in particular. So I don't know. It 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 does make sense. I'm not a fan of it though because um, it sort of loses the integrity of the clubs that are already established in those particular leagues. I know with Red Bull, they bought a club in Bretonago. So they, they renamed it Red Bull Bretonango, which basically is not, it was never a really big team. And I don't think they really got into the top division. Um, so if you were to do uh, that as a club, I think maybe go for the, uh, maybe a little bit less established club. Yeah, so I, I believe Santos have turned down Chelsea. Um, and yeah, Chelsea are going to regroup regroup um, but I believe they do want a club in Brazil so they will go back for another club but I don't believe it will be Santos and I believe they're also looking in the Portuguese league as well so it'd be we'll have to see where this develops but I think this is more of a long-term strategy than to get success at these clubs mm. but I think it's I think it's more of a because of these loan rules that have come in from FIFA and UEFA and yeah and trying to get rid of this loan army we can sort of give players to these clubs where we know they're going to play rather than loaning them out to clubs like like for example we did with Billy Gilmore loan him out to Norwich all the fans hate him and he gets doesn't really play and stunts his growth a little bit yeah it is a good point actually I mean I did mention two big clubs that have done that but also clubs like Brighton they've got a feeder team in um in Belgium, Union talked about before. Also Brentford, they got a team. I think in Denmark, I want to say. Yeah, it is Denmark. So there's a, a lot of teams have done it. I guess for for Chelsea, if they did go down that Brazilian route, it would make sense to have a Portuguese feeder team because that's the natural progression for a lot of Brazilian players is to go to to Portugal. Not only for the familiar language, but they also have got a. I think it's an easier to register players and to you know, sign them to Portuguese clubs. So I guess from that side of it, there's logic. Also, Todd Bowley has been in the news as well this week um, because he wants to do an all-star game between the North versus South. Um, A bit like the NFL where they've got two divisions um, 
and yeah, so we don't want to split it north and south. So the north teams would consist of Newcastle, Leeds, Liverpool, Everton, United, City, Forest, Wolverhampton, Leicester City and Aston Villa. And the south teams would be Tottenham, Arsenal, Fulham, Brentford, Chelsea, West Ham, Crystal Palace, Brighton, Southampton and Bournemouth. And the rules would be a standard Premier League game with 11 players. And one of them would have, so they have to include one player per team with one other team having two representatives. That's, what are your thoughts on this? I know a lot of people, some people are for this and some people aren't, are against this. Mm, I mean, I can see the appeal. Um, Maybe, maybe... I feel like the uh, Community Shield, which is formerly known as the you know the Charity Shield, was is a, li- a little bit redundant now. I know the money goes to charity, but maybe if they made this into like a charity feature, North Beats and South, that could be quite interesting. I wouldn't like it if they could select more than one player per club, because um, that would just be like Man City versus you know some a few clubs from the South, so that would be a bit boring. I mean, there's not much time in the season to fit this game in either, so there's a lot of logistic issues and. I don't, think it, I don't think it'll happen for a long time, but it's an interesting thought, nonetheless. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether you could maybe get it to replace the Community Shield, because it's more Community Shield's more seen as a trophy for just the big teams. Not, I mean, if you win it, it's great, but if you don't win it, it's not that great. Um, yeah. It's more seen as a pre-season friendly whether you could get maybe do this as if like it's an all-star team i know the mls do like an all-star team and it would be good yeah i think it would bring in a lot more people if like their players you're represented by one player so like from chelsea would probably be reese james at the moment or sterling and it'd be interesting to see and maybe you get the two best coaches from each side to come and coach that team for a week or so yeah who knows i mean yeah it's got I wouldn't say legs, but yeah, it sounds like an interesting thing. It seems like something that I would want to watch, but who knows? I'm sure a lot of teams wouldn't actually want to do it, you know, all the uh, games they have to play, particularly the the teams high up in the leagues on the table. But who knows? We'll see. The last piece of news coming from American owners is Bournemouth. Bournemouth have been subject to a bid from a American consortium who owns Las Vegas and um, NFL team. Not the um, city. No, Los, yeah, it is the Los A. Uh, I think it's headed by Bill Foley, which owns the Los Angeles Golden Knights, which is an hockey team. And I think this would, if they are bought out, which it is a, cons- it is a big offer, which I believe Bournemouth are considering, um, I believe this would make 11 teams in the Premier League have some partial owners from America. Yeah, absolutely. I really don't like American owners. Generally, they've been pretty poor in terms of the examples that we've seen in the past. Obviously, United's the big one. You know, Chelsea, who knows where that's going to go in the future. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, Viva Las Bournemouth. Um yeah, an interesting one. They need some sort of development. They've got the still got the smallest stadium in the in the league. I don't think they've got much of a, a budget. But yeah, we'll see what happens. I think they actually the the consortium or the owner of the NHL team 
is uh, looking to have an MLS team. I think that'll be the next expansion team as well, the team in Las Vegas. And is rep- rumored to be called Las Vegas Villains. Um, so make your own mind up for what you think about the name. Just to clarify, the American-owned clubs in the Premier League are Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, Villa, Crystal Palace, Fulham, Leeds, West Ham and Man City. Man City? Yes, I believe they have taken on some US investment on some scale. Oh, okay, well. Yeah, I mean, the Americans do bring money in, but I, I don't know how much grasp of the game they have and how much knowledge and um, how well that money will be spent. But obviously, for Bournemouth, it would be a good thing, any kind of cash injection, particularly now. Uh, if they get that money for January, then maybe they'll improve their chances of staying up. And moving on, um, English goalkeeper Ben Foster, formerly of West, uh, Watford, West Brom and United, has announced his retirement on his YouTube and podcast, The Cycling Goalkeeper. Yeah, sad to see him go. Or I mean, he's 39. I, <laughs> I, he's had a career, like a decent career. I think I think actually Newcastle were in for him um, for like six months or something. Um, but he turned them down. Um, so yeah, happy retirement. Go cycle somewhere. I think he's going to focus on his um, podcast, which is becoming quite popular, I believe. So um, yeah, give it, it a, yeah, give it a listen uh, once you've listened to this. In Ireland, or Northern Ireland, uh, a 13-year-old kid has become the youngest ever footballer to make his debut. I'll let you tell us a bit more about this. Yeah, he's uh, straight out of the academy. Obviously, <laughs> straight out of doing his GTSEs. I, I can't remember his name. Crazy, isn't it? 13 years old. Yeah, um, I know. Just, I, I believe an Arsenal player today made his debut at 15. I yeah. think he'd become the youngest Premier League player. Ethan Nwanari, uh, 15 years old, came on today. He actually played a decent amount of minutes. I think it's like at least 15 minutes. Um, so, yeah, fair play. Not sure how much game time we'll get this season. Probably a bit different for the Northern Ireland kid because he's playing in the Northern Ireland um, Premiership. Uh, so maybe you'll get more game time over there. But yeah, interesting to see. Game's getting younger. We're getting older. I, so I believe to... I believe he is called Christopher Atherton. Uh, he was 13 and 329 days old. Yeah, I think it's Glen Glenarvan. He played for yes. just the biggest team in Northern Ireland. So, yeah, good luck for him. Good luck to the Arsenal lads. Hope they have a good career. Mm-hmm. If you were listening to this in 30 years' time, you will know how well these kids are done. <laughs> or if you've never heard of them, you know they didn't do anything. Um, and the final piece of news comes from Italy and Paul Pogba. I'll let you again lead on this. Yes, there's been a lot of drama around the Paul Pogba family for a couple of weeks now. Um, essentially, Paul Pogba's brother, Matthias, um, uh, extorted him for for money, uh, his brother, Paul Pogba. And basically, yeah, Paul Pogba has taken him to court and it's, it looks like it's going to go a bad way for Matthias Pogba. He's, he's in jail, you know, waiting a trial, but um, all the evidence is pointing that he's guilty. It's a really weird scenario. I don't know why you'd... Um, sort of trying to extort your own brother at all. Um, Mateus is the worst footballing brother out of the three of Pogba brothers. He played for the likes of Crawley, Wrexham, Pescara in Italy. 
um, a few other teams, um, but it was hardly any good. Um, probably why he needed some money. But yeah, bizarre, bizarre story. Interesting to see how that will develop. But should we move on to some actual football now? And let's talk about the Champions League. So we've had the second round of fixtures for the Champions League. Um, I'll just run through a quick through the games and then we'll pick out a few of the games to just go over. So we started on Tuesday with Liverpool versus Ajax, which ended 2-1 to Liverpool. Bayer Leverkusen beat Atletico Madrid 2-0. Club Bruges beat Porto 4-0. Inter Milan beat Victoria 2-0. Uh, Bayern Munich won, as usual, against Barcelona 2-0. Sporting Lisbon beat Tottenham 2-0. And Frankfurt beat Marseille 1-0. And on the Wednesday, Napoli beat Rangers 3-0. AC Milan won 3-1 against Dynamo Zagreb. Chelsea drew 1-0 against Red Bull Salzburg. Celtic drew against Shakhtar Donetsk, 1-0. Real Madrid beat RB Leipzig, 2-0. Seville versus Copenhagen was 0-0. Man City beat Borussia Dortmund, 2-1. Benfica beat Juventus, 2-1. And PSG defeated... Maccabi Haifa. 3-1. There's a few upsets in this, um, going through this, especially for Juventus and Barcelona, um, always losing to... Bayern Munich, but it wasn't that bad this time. Yeah, in the in the Bayern Munich game, if you want to start there, I, I thought it was quite. I thought Barcelona had a lot of chances, um, particularly Lewandowski. You know, two or three very, I won't say clear cut, but ones you expect him to finish. Um, and they were just you know, just a little bit unlucky in that game. And then sort of as it dragged on, Bayern Munich sort of established uh, how good they were and sort of kept the possession and ultimately ran away with the game. So not the best result for Barcelona, but promising signs. And we'll talk about it a little bit, but the uh, I guess the, the Champions League result for Bayern Munich is a little bit of a, the, the flip side of how domestically it's going for them. Uh, I want to just speak a little bit about sporting as well. Uh, two late goals against Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham holding on into the 90th minute and then Palinio scored and then Gomez scored. Uh, but a guy that really caught the eye was Marcus Edwards, uh, an English lad. Actually, used to be former Tottenham. Yeah, came through the academy, was loaned out to Excelsior in the Netherlands, and then uh, was sold to Victoria Guimaraes in Portugal. And then he made his way to, to Sporting after a good season there. But he looked like he looked really good. His dribbling is out of this world. Um, I haven't seen too much of him, but maybe there's a slight outside uh, shout for him to be in the England squad after after that display. But yeah, we'll see. Definitely one for the for the future. And if you can keep this up, playing for one of the best teams in Portugal, it'll be amazing to see how well its trajectory continues to go. But I also want to shout out uh, Club Bruges defeating Porto. You know, going into this, everybody probably would have thought Porto would win quite comfortably. Bruges lost their best player in De Ketelier to AC Milan for about £30 million. They haven't lost a beat at all. And a, a player I do want to mention, uh, Ferran Yutler. The Spanish striker Ford uh, got a goal and assist in this game. Played really well, and they actually ran ran uh, Porto ragged. So yeah, maybe one to watch out for. Let's go to the Chelsea game quickly. I know it wasn't a standout game, but it was Chelsea's new manager Graham Potter's first game. Uh, he did get a bit slated for this. Um, Chelsea obviously didn't start off the Potter 
rain with a win, but they looked a lot better. Um, few surprises. Um, Sterling playing as a left wing back, but I believe it was pointed out later he was more of a winger. Um, we went to a back four roughly when Sterling went forward with James pushing back as a right back. Um, but yeah, look, there's promising signs from there. Um, just need to have more of a clear instinct, I think, as a Chelsea fan. But did you watch this game? Uh, I watched the, the the goal show, so I watched all the goals basically from all, all the games. But yeah, with with Salzburg, they've got a wealth of obviously got a wealth of young talent always coming through. I don't think they're a side to ignore really in this competition. I don't think they'll win it, obviously, but um, they've got a really good high press and um, style of play, and quite pacey attack as well. So they can always do a lot of damage. And obviously, Benjamin Sesko was a, a name on a lot of people's lips throughout the the window. Uh, obviously, he didn't end up at United or Chelsea, but he's gone to Leipzig, the sister team, I guess, um, next year in the next um, uh, season. But yeah, definitely maybe a play to watch out for this season. I really like our, um, Salzburg play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of interesting games this this well, from this day from Wednesday as well. Um, Benfica beating Juventus. Juventus have been incredibly poor. Uh, there have been a lot of shouts for Allegri to to be fired as manager. But yeah, they've been run ragged again uh, by, by Benfica, who look really uh, up for the challenge. Um, they got some really nice players coming through. Uh, Enzo Fernandez, uh, who they signed from River Plate, the 20-year-old Argentinian midfielder. He's going to go on and have a fantastic career. I'm sure you know this is only a step in seven for him and he'll probably be picked up by maybe a Premier League club, maybe like £50 million. Pounds. So one for watch out for Enzo Fernandez. Yeah, I don't think there's... It was uh, it was an interesting round. Um, just quickly go through groups of the Champions League. While you go through that, I just uh, I'll just mention the City game as well. Agonising for Dortmund as well because uh, they were holding on quite well, playing good football. Um, actually dominating much of the game. Bellingham um, scored for them early on, and uh, it, uh, so unlikely. Uh, answer came through the likes of John Stones who scored an absolute thunderbolt from about 30, 30 yards or so um, reminded me a bit of company's goal against Leicester a few well quite a few years ago now but yeah astonishing goal and then they topped it up with a, a goal from Erling Haaland it was a beautiful assist by Yao Cancelo outside of the boot cross uh, and then it came in Erling Haaland rose like I don't know double the height of the defender and kicked it in as if he was sort of walking on air. Uh, phenomenal. This man's machine. He is, uh, yeah. Terminator. Yeah, he's, his stats this season are just unreal. Um, yeah, he's going to he's gonna go on and get at least double what everyone probably thought he would get, maybe 60 goals maybe <laughs> at this rate. Yeah, if he goes on in the, in the league alone at the rate he's at, he'll get 50 goals, which will smash mm. the record. Only injuries could interrupt this. Yeah, he he can be a bit injury prone sometimes, especially last season. But yeah, just just quickly run through the groups before we move on to Europa stuff. Um, So Group A, we've got Napoli uh, on six points, Liverpool on three, Rangers on three, uh, Ajax on three, Rangers on zero. Group B, Club Bruges is on six, Bayer Leverkusen on three, Atletico Madrid on three and Porto are on zero. Clubs at Group C, Bayern Munich are on six, 
Barcelona and Inter are on three, and then Victoria are on zero. And then we've got Sporting on six, Tottenham and Frankfurt on three, and Marseille on zero. AC Milan are on four, Dynamo Zagreb are on three, Salzburg are on two, and Chelsea are on one, bottom of the group. Real Madrid have six, Schalke. Shakhtar, Donetsk have four, Celtic have one, RB Leipzig have zero. And then we've got Man City have six, Borussia Dortmund have three, Copenhagen and Seville both have one. And the final group, PSG and Benfica are on six, and Juventus and Maka Hacker. Maka Hacker, that's how they should be known. Maka Hacker um, are on zero. Uh, I'll just run through the the Europa League uh, results as well from Thursday night. So United came 2-0 victory, uh, came out 2-0 uh, against Sheriff Tiramisul. Sociedad 2-1 against Omnia. Michelin triumphed 5-1 against Lazio, which is a little bit shocking to say the least. Uh, Feyenoord came out 6-0 victory against Sturmgratz from Austria. Uh, Olympiacos lost 3-0 to Freiburg. Karabag from Azerbaijan won 3-0 against Nantes. Trebonspor won 2-1 against Cervenza Cervesta from Belgrade. Um, AS Monaco lost 1-0 to Ferry Calvos. Uh, Glimt came out 2-1 victory against Zurich. Uh, Larnaca from Cyprus, I want to say, uh, won 1-0 against Dinamo Kiev. Uh, Stad Rene drew 2 against Fenerbahce. Roma won 3-0 against Helsinki. Uh, Real Betis won 3-2 against Ludogorets, Union Saint-Gilois won 3-2 against Malmo, and Braga won 1-0 against Union Berlin. Uh, and just to pick out a game from the Conference League, because there's quite a few of them, uh, West Ham survived an upset uh, against Silksborg from Norway. Uh, they went down 1-0 uh, in the fifth minute uh, and eventually won 3-2 in the end. So yeah, good self come back from them yeah there's um yeah there's a few good games out this um obviously united winning against sheriff but united weren't that great in that game uh no they weren't great probably because ronaldo was playing so it wasn't really this fluid system but he did get his first ever goal in the europa league a beautifully taken penalty um you can't ask for more really sancho actually did score a nice goal though to be fair um, mm-hmm. yeah uh and yeah obviously the upsets um Lazio losing 5-1 to, to Michelin, um, which is a little bit um, surprising because they've done quite well in, in the league and they've definitely got the you know, like for like better players. Um, and Freiburg, my second team, won 3 0 against Olympia, of course, who are also owned by the Nottingham Forest owner. Uh, they've got a lot of players you know, linked between the two clubs. Um, Josh Bowler, North, uh, Nottingham Forest bought from Blackpool. And no doubt, Olympiacos, he played in that game. Um, also, Huang, uh, Marseille, uh, they signed him from Bordeaux, uh, Forest, and loaded him out to, to Olympiacos. They've also got um, James Rodriguez as well. He hasn't played in this game. Uh, I think they mentioned him in time. Union, the Belgium team, which we mentioned a few times on this podcast um, last season and this season, they, they're doing well so far. Got six points out of six in the Europa League. Um, I know they're not doing very well in the... I think they're about eighth or ninth in the Belgium League now. But, yeah, they look to be good in Europe. 
yeah, it was always sort of a bit of an upset them getting to where they were last season in their domestic league after, you know, just being promoted. So I guess that was sort of an anomaly. But, you know, now they're in Europe, um, they're, they're doing really well. They actually have an English player playing centre-back, Christian Burgess, brought him from Portsmouth. Uh, they had a few other English players, so I think they let a few of them go. But, yeah, interesting to see how well they do this year. Um, it's always nice to see uh, slight underdogs um, sort of appear out of nowhere and make their mark on, on European competitions. So all the best to them. They're more coming uh, sort of our team. We've mentioned them three or four times now, I think, in this podcast. So maybe we should give them a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Pitch side sponsors. Yeah, they're, they're definitely a team to watch. I think, yeah, they're, they're sixth now in the Belgium League. But, yeah, it's uh, good to watch them in the Europa League. Um, yeah, and... and... They can still win the uh, Belgium League, even if they finish like fifth or something, because at the end of the season, it turns into a weird playoff kind of system. So, yeah, it doesn't really matter where they finish. Um, Just their form at the end of the year is what counts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, best of luck to them. But before we move on to the Premier League, let's stick with the um, Belgium League. I know not. I just want to... I was looking at um, Anderlecht, because they played West Ham in the Conference League this week. that I didn't realize because you see them, you know, most people know Anderlecht from Belgium. Um, they're, they're sitting 12th currently in their league. To be honest, Anderlecht haven't been good for a while, um, at least since company came in. I know he's left now, I went to, to Burnley, but yeah, prior to that, they weren't doing well. They've always had a good um, uh, youth system, so they've got like youth players coming through, young players. I mean, their main strikers are two low knees. Um, Esposito from, I believe, Inter Milan and Fabio Silva, the wolf striker. Fabio Silva's actually having a good season. He's got four in about five starts. Um, but generally, those are the two strikers who have done terribly um, in recent years, particularly Fabio Silva, who costs about 50 million or something ridiculous and didn't score a single Premier League goal. But I think it's not just the case of Anlet getting worse. It's the case of other teams in the league get better. Club Bruges, uh, in particular, the the runaway team in, in the league. Um, Genk as well, of course, had a good good squad. Um, Peter Onuichu, the Nigerian striker, six foot seven or something ridiculous. Um, he was a top scorer last season. And Antwerp as well have stepped up again. So, yeah, it's a lot more competitive than it used to be, the Belgian Pro League. Yeah, I think and Royal Antwerp are the top team with 27 points. Um, I, but I believe they've got like Adwild and Vidal, I think. Is it Vidal? No, not Vidal. they got uh, Nigolin, I believe. Um, I got, that's it, yeah, yeah. And Vincent Janssen, the former Tottenham striker. He was ter- terrible at Tottenham. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, quite quite good here. Let's move on to the Premier League. Um, we've so we've haven't had a full round of fixtures this week. We haven't had ten games. We've had seven um, due to policing issues for Her Majesty the Queen's funeral. Um, a lot of resources have been poured for that. So big games have been called off, like Chelsea versus Liverpool. Um, but I do a quick roundup of all the scores. Um, so on Friday night we had Villa versus Southampton, which Villa got a one nil lead. Um, and also Fulham beat Nottingham Forest in a thriller of a game 3-2. On Saturday, Wolverhampton lost to Man City 3-0, with Haaland being the wrecking ball of that team again. 
Um, Newcastle versus Bournemouth was one all. Tottenham absolutely destroyed Leicester in a 6-2 victory. And on Sunday, Arsenal beat Brentford 3-0 and Everton got their first win of the Premier League season against West Ham, which was 1-0. Where would you like to start? I mean, might as well mention Fulham. They've been phenomenal this year. Um, Everybody expecting them to be near the relegation zone, but they've surprised everybody. Their signings um, have been quite unusual this year in the sense they haven't completely rewritten their entire squad. Uh, They've entrusted a lot of their older not older players, but players who've been at the club for a long time, um, Adebayo and also Tim Ream, the American dream at centre-back. Um, but a player that's really stand out, stood out this year so far is Polinia, the Portuguese uh, defensive midfielder who did score in this game. I don't know why any nobody else is going for him in the, in the summer window, um, but it's a real shock. Um, you can see his real quality. Also, Williams started as well um, and looked at, had like a good game. Forrest, on the other hand, they definitely just... I don't know. It's a bit strange because they're still not playing their all their new signings. I know they've got like twenty of them, but yeah, they're still relying a little bit on players from last season. I don't know. Some of the signings do confuse me a little bit. Um, <laughs> the amount they spent on like Dennis as well. I'm not sure what he brings to the table at twenty million. So yeah, give them time. They they have their moments though. Um, yeah, and I feel like you know O'Brien. I know they go from Huddersfield, but he's definitely been their best player this season, and he should start over you know some of the more expensive uh, signs they brought in in midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to quickly touch on the City game as well, it's sort of standard three 0 But that Collins challenge on Grealish was the most ridiculous uh, challenge I've seen in a long time. Absolute fly kick, Grealish, kung fu him. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the influence of Diego Costa. To the club. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, and probably got to mention this Tottenham Leicester 6 2. Um, Son hadn't scored a goal all season, scores two absolute wonder goals and gets a hat trick within 25 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's a good thing to drop players to the bench. Um, and you can bring them on and sort of refreshes them a little bit, a little bit less pressure on him. And he definitely took the, the challenge in hand. Um, the last hat trick Tottenham scored was Stephen Naismith in 2015, um, so quite a while ago. Um, so yeah, great to see uh, some. Um, I think he is a confidence player in a way. You know, he he, he thrives off that. So um, surely this will kickstart his his season in terms of goal scoring and, and output. Hmm. But yeah, big result, and it leaves Leicester still with only one point after how many games? Seven or so. So it's yeah. shocking. It is shocking. So I'm not sure how long they can keep up with this. I'm not sure. No, especially especially you've got the likes of Forest, West Ham, and Everton. West Ham, you always feel like they will pick it up and they will stay. Um, and then yeah, you've got. Forest, you feel like they probably will come into their own at some point when all of their players start clicking. It's still early on, but it's gonna, it's gonna really gonna affect Leicester being down where they are, being one point minus twelve goal difference, and some people will say they're only three wins off from Chelsea, which is sitting seventh. But time will, time will tell. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they come back, especially as they need to spend big. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they do have the funds now in theory after selling Fofana. Um, but yeah, it's maybe a little bit too late. Um, they just don't look very competitive. And I know we mentioned it before, but the, the team just looks tired and a little bit disheartened. So big job on the hands for, for, for Rogers. When he get fired next, who knows? Is it his ah. fault? 50 50. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, probably not really his fault. Though, but yeah. No, no. I reckon he probably will be, um, especially as Gerard and Lampard are both getting wins now. Um, they are starting to collect some points, so it will. You see, he's the likely candidate to get two go, but yeah, it will cost an arm and a leg though to to sack him though. Hmm. Maybe they won't contract after the FA Cup, which wasn't too long ago after their victory. So yeah, it probably has a few years left in his contract. But should we move on to the other European leagues? Should we move on to the Bundesliga? Yeah, absolutely. Shall I run through the results? Yeah, go for it. So on Friday, Mainz drew 1-0 with Hertha Berlin. Um, yesterday on Saturday, uh, Borussia Dortmund won 1-0 against Schalke in the, the Ruhr derby. Um, obviously, Schalke just got promoted from the... the the second division last season and you know the quality in place is massive in favor of Dortmund but yeah there's a lot of uh emotion in this in this game so it was tighter than it appeared and a Royce to go off injured um so who knows how long he'll be out for because he had to get stretched off it didn't look pretty uh Leverkusen oh sorry Joe. I believe he is I think I saw something that he is going to miss the World Cup um that's I don't know good. if it's fully confirmed, but yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see on that one. He's always been incredibly intrigued by so it wouldn't surprise me. And he did miss a World Cup. I think it was 2018, I want to say. Um, and a couple so, of Euros, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen drew one up with Werder Bremen. For Leverkusen, this is a fantastic result because they didn't lose. Uh, a big shot was Augsburg beating Bayern Munich 1-0. Bayern Munich have had, I believe, 90 shots on target in their last four games. Uh, not on target, just 90 shots in their last four games without winning any of them. Um, this has been a terrible start to their campaign. Uh, they're in fifth place at the moment on 12 points um, with Union, uh, Dortmund, Freiburg and Hoffenheim above them. It seems like they're lacking, I hate to say it, but a, a main sort of focal point up front, perhaps a Lewandowski figure. But I don't know. Maybe it just needs a little time for them to click. Nagelsmann's name maybe on the on the board as a, a manager who may be in line to get the sack. Obviously, there's another German manager who's available at the moment who will probably be waiting in the wings for when that happens. Stuttgart lost 3-1 to Eintracht Frankfurt. And Leipzig uh, lost 3-0 to Gladbach. Bit of a shock defeat for Leipzig. They've had very wishy-washy form this season. Um, you know, they beat Dortmund 3-0 uh, in their previous game and now losing 3-0, so up and down. Uh, and in today's games, Union Berlin uh, defeated Wolfsburg 2-0. Bochum drew with Cologne 1-0 and Hoffenheim Freiburg game is currently ongoing. I know I mentioned it last week, um, but it's probably... you want to get your opinion on Union Berlin. They 
are still at the top, still undefeated in their league. Um, yeah, it's quite a it's astounding rise from them. They haven't been in the Bundesliga that long. Um, a couple of seasons ago, they were relegation favourites, and now they're probably one of the favourites to win the league. Yeah, up there. I mean, last season they lost. Well, this season actually they lost their their top scorer from last season, Iwayimi, uh, who went to Forest. But they re- replaced him seamlessly with with Geraldo Becker and Jordan Spitzu, the Suriname striker and the American striker. Uh, and just the whole team. It, it's not like full of wonder stars or anything like that, but they're just very well drilled. Um, work hard. Um, the club itself is actually fan owned. The stadium was built by the fans, uh, I think, about ten years ago now, maybe a little bit less. Um, it's, it's a great club. Um, historically, Hertha Berlin has been the biggest club in Berlin, but as of late, they've been pretty dire. Um, Hertha um, after having a massive cash injection a few years ago. So yeah, all the best to, to Union. Um, it'd be interesting to see how well they do. For the rest of the season, if Bayern Munich will step up their gear, I think they they certainly will. I think that's a given. It's just a matter of when, not not if. Um, but yeah, very interesting to see how well they develop um, the team from Berlin. And should we move on to the Syria, which probably the final league would mention this week? Um, do you want to do a quick roundup? Sure. So on Friday, Lecce beat Salernitana two one. Um, on Saturday, Bologna lost 1-0 to Empoli. Spezia beat Sampdoria 2-1. Torino lost 1-0 to Sassuolo. And today, some big upsets actually. Udinese beat Inter Milan 3-1. Fiorentina beat Hellas Verona 2-0. Lazio beat Cremonese 4-0. Um, the biggest upset is AC Monza beating Juventus 1-0 with Di Muria getting a red card. Atalanta beating Roma 1-0 and currently Milan Napoli are currently playing 0-0 10 minutes in. Um, but definitely, if we start at the top, Udinese beating Inter Milan. This means uh, Udinese go to second place. Inter Milan, shock, <laughs> shocking defeat. Uh, although uh, Udinese have got some good players. Um, Udogi is the, the left wing back for Udinese, bought by Tottenham, loaned back for the rest of the season. He's had a good season so far, picking up a few goals. And Bebeto uh, for Udinese, he's having a great uh, season, the striker, Portuguese striker. Uh, yeah, so not great for Inter Milan in their, their title hopes. Um, in terms of Monza, it's their first ever win in Serie A in their history. Uh, a team owned by Berlusconi, former president of Italy, the former president of AC Milan. Um, this is a, his sort of new pet project. Um, as we were saying earlier, it's been pretty dire for, for Juventus and for Allegri. Um, and after this defeat, you know, there's, there's going to be so many question marks by, around him. Juventus have never sacked their manager during the season. Uh, so if we're going by history, he won't get sacked. Uh, but if we're going by how it's going, uh, he probably will get sacked. But who knows? Um, yeah, dire, absolutely dire. Uh, the, the main issue, basically, for, for Juventus is that they're not really um, servicing Vlavic at all. Well, they're sort of star striker. They brought in the Serbian. So, yeah, not great for them. I'm going to say Di Maria gets sent off. It was the icing on the cake, really, what was a really poor performance. Hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say that we're probably going to end up with a uh, 
different winner of the Serie A for for the fourth year in a row, uh, with both AC Milan sitting in fourth and Inter sitting in seventh, Juventus sitting in eighth. It looks like it's well. We did say it was probably what a six, a four, five horse race, but yeah, currently it's probably about an eight horse race. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a long way to go. It's only seven games in, but yeah, to the way the way things are panning out so far, it's it's anybody's guess who's going to win this. I mean, Roma they they've looked a bit dire the last two Serie A games. I know they've had a lot of games, so I think they've had three games this week with Monday, Thursday, and today. So it's quite a lot on these players, but Tam, Tammy Abraham doesn't look like he's in fully form. He's had quite a quiet start to the start of the window and watching them today and on Monday, they didn't look, I mean, they were scraped to win on Monday and they lost today and they should have, they missed a lot of chances today. They yeah. should have won. Well, they were missing Dybala, who he's been a talisman this year. He's been a fantastic signing for them. Um, I don't think Roma realistically were going to be able to challenge uh, with their limited squad depth um, or in terms of their quality that they could bring on. Um, but I think that their main target is probably the Europa League this year. But I do want to point out a player from Atlanta's team, uh, Rasmus Hoiberg, sorry, Hoyland. Um, sounds a little bit like Haaland, uh, but he's a Danish striker, 19 years old. Bought for about 25 million from Sturm Graz, which is an Austrian team. Um, I think it must be the, the record sale from an Austrian team, actually. Um, he's very highly um, promising. He was the top scorer last year in Austria. Um, he's, he's got a goal so far in Serie A, but one to watch out for. I think that about wraps up all of the football for this week, unless you've got anything else to mention. Yeah, I just want to say uh, Celtic lost a shockingly 2 0 to St. Mirren today, which was a bit of an upset. Um, still top of the league, um, but it sort of closes the gap because Rangers won. So it might be an interesting battle in, in the SBL to watch out for. Scottish football is not one I normally watch too much, but yeah, I might start watching it because it looks a bit spicy. <laughs> But yeah, I think that moves. And also we've got the return this week of the Pitchsider Player of the Week. Um, where would you like to give this award to and who? So uh, I did mention him before, um, but I shall say it, just reaffirm it. Uh, Ferran Yutler, the Spanish striker from Bruges. Um, He's not really excels in anything uh, in terms of like um, his attributes, but you know he can deliberately think. He did get a goal and assist in in that game with his only only shot that he had. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, I get to Fernand Yola and just in general, Bruges probably team of the week for their four 0 victory against Porto. Very nice. That wraps up all the football. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot going on around the pitch cider. Um, so this week with the international games coming up, um, we haven't mentioned them yet, but that's because we're going to have a whole podcast dedicated to them midweek. Which um, do you want to give us a run through what's going to come on this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to have a midweek special episode, which will be about all the international teams and the squads that they have released for the upcoming games, uh, international games that are upcoming. Um, 
and we'll sort of also be looking um, at the kit releases, which we'll feature in the World Cup as well. Maybe do a little like ranking system and see what which ones we, we like and dislike. Uh, already got a few in mind that I dislike. Um, I'm sure you do as well. So yeah, look forward to that. Maybe it will come out Wednesday or so, um, Wednesday or Thursday. But we'll keep you updated on the socials. Yes, yeah, and um, also we've had a rebrand of our YouTube channel. So if you haven't checked it out before, we release. We're going to release every episode. So currently on there, there's all of season two. Um, but you can probably listen to them. But if you want to have a listen to them, please do. Um, and yeah, so every week there will be the this episode released on our YouTube channel. So if you don't have Spotify or Apple, you can now watch it for free on YouTube. Um, and also, if you get subscribed, there will be special content for that YouTube channel coming out, potentially live episodes if you would like to join us. So if you get subscribed, you can see when we go live and we will be advertising this on our socials, but there may be other videos as well. Um, but yeah, interesting and exciting times for the Pitchider. Absolutely. Uh, like and subscribe. Yes. Yeah. Please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, that about wraps up this week's podcast. Um, we will be seeing you midweek, as we've mentioned. Um, but please do go and follow us on our socials at the Pitchsider on Instagram and Twitter, and also YouTube is the Pitchsider. Um, and also check out our website where we've got the latest gossip column. So if you go and check that out, it's been updated this week, uh, which is the Pitchsider.com, and there will be articles on there soon. Thank you for listening, and thank you for joining me, Toby. Pleasure as always. Thank you for listening, and, and thank you for listening, and goodbye. Bye.